And we're back. We are. Again. Nature has taken its course. That definitely. We're now a couple of episodes <laughs> into the new season. That's right. Well, I'm he, not going to give you a number because you got all butthurt about it last Yeah, I did. Time. I really did. I really did. By now, you've seen the big announcement that happened in the first episode that I've waited all this time to put out on Facebook. Yeah, a couple of different platforms. And if you didn't see that announcement, um, then you're not on our Facebook, so you need to go hunt that down. It's he's Random Ramblings with Josh and Kenny. We gave it the same title. Mm-hmm. I'm Kenny. He's Josh. Uh, we we don't we don't do that often on Facebook. We share a few different things though. We do some serious stuff, mostly jokes. Some dad serious, jokes. Serious stuff. So mm. much more. Just so much. A Debbie Downer. Yeah, but you know, every once in a while, there's a there's a, a a massive disturbance in the force. Like you know, Sandy took her last breath, and that that kind of hurt my heart a little bit. And I wanted to share it. Um, not that it hurt my heart a little bit, but I just wanted to share that, that Olivia Newton John passed yeah, yeah. Oh, a few weeks you. back. Um, been a month now. Yeah, by now. But she put up a good fight, though. Thirty years fighting cancer. That's that's not a bad track record. No, considering some of the really messed up life expectancies of, I'm reaching the age now, where death among my peers is not as earth shattering. And that's a weird feel for me. And 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 when you, I say that, you both never get used to it, and you get used to it. Yes. No. 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 I, I get it. Like when we were in high school, it would shut the school down for several days when there was a tragic accident, or, right, or something like that. It you know killed in a car crash. That was the most common for for this area and, and us. And I'm uh, I just. I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the age range now that the, the obituary reads been in declining health for years. Right. And but I'm I'm reaching the point now where there's a girl I went to school with and I I, I won't give names or anything specific and if she listens it'd be a shock to me cuz I don't think she knows about it. Either way, uh, her husband recently passed. And so I mean it's just he wasn't that much older. It was like, I didn't think I would get this close this fast. I'm under 40, but I'm finding more and more. And, it, you know, I had another classmate just two months ago died of cancer. Now, again, these are aggressive things, and you, nobody is safe from these things. I mean, it's it affects every life no, different. No, but, you, but do, it's you do start staring at your own mortality a real little bit. quick. Yeah. It it is something, and I and I don't want to start with a downer. It's just you you made you made mention of just kind of the the age of things, and I, I've had that thought. Off yeah, and well, on. see, that's and that's where I was actually headed because now icons from my childhood are reaching end of life. I'm such a nerd. So you know, I really am. Yeah, and it's because you said icons. I looked at my computer screen. I was like. <sighs> What's he wow. talking about? Really? <laughs> Straight up nerd. A nerd with a Whoa. ginormous, <laughs> ginormous brain fart. Good God, I'm sorry. Uh, you were you were making a valid and <laughs> decent point in a <laughs> in a somber realism moment that we don't do a lot, and then you have them, and then Josh goes uh, and dumb farted all over it. It's <laughs> a new word, dumb farted. Yep. Anyway, well, moving on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just roll forward. But yeah, I get it. I, I I get it. And and for those of you listening, if you haven't, because you're right. When when you're a teenager and somebody drowns or dies in a car accident or something like that, oh my God, it's tragic. The whole world. It seems like the whole world stops turning. Like how do you and go back to you, wherever? Yeah, like, you hit your twenties and it's like, holy cow, really? And you think, wow, I just I I can't believe that. And then you hit your thirties and it's like, whoa. Oh, I spend my twenties oh, looking. We we aren't Superman. We're not invincible. We're not Deadpool. We there, can't respawn. There's a timeline for this: tragedy in high school, arrest records in the twenties, <laughs> obituaries from then on. It's a progression. Um, I I can't wait for my forties. I, I don't know. Oh, I could. Anyway, well, I'm just saying. Go uh, back either. Well. But, but I'm just saying, like, what what's the next? What's the next progression? What what do I have to horrendously look forward to? I had somebody to ask me, would you go back and do high school all over again? Fuck no. 
Absolutely not. I don't know how I feel about that. The I larger part, I would not do middle school over because middle school for me was much tougher than high school. By the time I reached high school, a um, lot of credit to the marching band and the family that comes along with that. Um, in middle school, it was sports teams and attractive. Those are your two gotta-haves. Sports teams and attractive. That's it. That's strictly it. When you get to high school, it offered, at least in this area, it offered a bit more because you have band, you had sports, you had yearbook. I mean, you had multiple things that people played during the year. Golf team, football, basketball, volleyball. You didn't have all that in middle school. I'm pretty certain I just existed in high school, uh, honestly. I mean, I made good grades. I had friends. Um, I was in a larger band in what would be the junior high years. Of course, we moved around a lot. So by the time I got to high school, I was in a much smaller band, and right. that, that lost its appeal for me. Sure. Uh, I, I did the whole yearbook thing, took pictures and stuff, so that got me into all the sporting events for free. Uh, you miss a, you're miss on I, the wrong end of the yearbook spectrum. I second semester yearbook's the way to go. Oh, really? All the, <laughs> well, pictures, are, all the pictures are taken up front. By I, the time second rolls around, they're teaching you how to sell. I'm selling ads to put in late. Oh, well, see, I, I, I did the photography that, part, so I took pictures all year long and just submitted them. At one time, I was developing the black and white pictures. That was actually kind of fun. But the social interactions in high school was what got me uh, because, and it hasn't changed. I'm well aware it hasn't changed. But you know what? Kids are bitches. Oh, and middle schoolers to get along worse than high school. Uh, And I just didn't care for the whole. If and having moved into and not grown up with these people, I had no click. You know, I'm trying to make friends wherever I can make friends, so I didn't fit in over here because these people, they'd been living on the same farm all their life. They grew up with these people. They went to every single grade. You know, they've been in and out of classes together since kindergarten, and you walk over and say hello, and you get this look like, who the hell are you, and why do you think you can talk to me? Well, then you move over to the people that's got a little bit, and you know, or their parents have a little bit or whatever, you know, so we'll just call it the rich kids. You move over to the rich kids, and then they're like, well, you ain't got shit. Why are you talking to me? And... I mean, I had friends along every level, but it's like it. Not having grown up with these people was was very difficult to to do the whole interaction right. thing. So no, I would not go back and do high school again at all. Well, unless I can pick my high school because I did pretty good where the bigger band was. Right. Well, I also had another one of those TikTok moments when you were talking about the rich kids and the, the, my daddy drives an Aston Martin. Have you seen that one at all? Yes. Okay. I won't go any further, but. That's what I heard as you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I watch way too much TikTok. Yes. You know, uh, my wife and I have gotten to a point that we do that a lot at night now, just yeah. individually. And we got different things that come up. And instead of handing our phone to each other, we will sit in a chair side by side with each other and send it over Messenger or something. Yep. Um. But anyway, and and I love the comedy aspect of it. Oh, so good. The food. I'm growing. Yeah, that's that's fun. Um, so, again, Taco, if you're listening, we'd love to have you over for a session. They're figuring out, though, that they can change their usernames along the way. What started out as Taco Reacts has changed four times in the last month. Yeah. And it's starting to fret me because I'm like, is this a new account? Is this a, is this a, is this a copycat? I don't want to well, just give credit to the wrong person. Damn it. <laughs> I'm, getting a diff- I'm getting a username complex. Oh, Lord. Doesn't take much with you, does it? It has its moments. <laughs> I've also looked, I've also fallen down the rabbit hole of passive income. And so I don't know where I stumbled upon. I think the first one was uh, the shine and the the optics of owning a laundromat. And I don't know where I found it. It just it just popped up on my for you list, and I watched this guy just collect money, collect money, because he it what it's like, uh, you know. How much did my laundromat make in a week? And I was like, a whole bunch of nothing, I'm sure. And then you see him pull out these change drawers full of quarters, and I'm like, I'm missing something here. So I start looking and paying closer that, attention. Believe it or not, that is still a huge industry. It is massive. I looked at that in this town because I was like, why not? Because 
you don't technically require an employee to be in the building. 24-7, these things operate. And those those machines are more easily repaired than a lot of people think. Yes. They're you actually very the, simple machines. You take the front off, there's the drum, the wiring yeah. is all pretty much in one spot because they all and go I mean, the and same. You can, and you can take specific classes to learn how to fix those specific machines. YouTube. The hardest thing you, YouTube the hardest thing you really have to do is decide if you're going to put a TV in there or not. Uh-huh. I'd put vending machines in. Just say so, but you know you this, get you get a vending company to do that. Don't even try to do that yourself. Just let a vending company do nope, that. I would do that too. Oh, really? I would do really? that too. You do that too. The Go mo- down to the Pallet Palace and absolutely because if you run the facility, you have storage. So you also are going to go. Oh, well, I'm light on this, light on this, light on this. And even if you don't so fill it, but once a week, you go down there and buy in bulk, get your S and S Saturns, and you know. Well, but you'd also. Thing. You would also do the... Um, Didn't even get a stutter. No, uh-uh. you're good. You're good. <laughs> but the vending machines that this guy has in this particular facility, uh, something I would have never considered, laundry products, small bottles of detergent. Oh, yeah, the uh, uh, wipes, the... the laundromats my daughter catchers. frequents because they live in an apartment. Yeah. And they don't have their own machines. So the laundromat my daughter frequents... If they have forgotten their detergent, there's a vending machine with detergent, fabric softener, uh, dryer sheets, whatever. This guy even has a water dispensing machine. It runs filtered water. So people that keep jugs and jugs of drinking water or for whatever general purpose water, he he put the thing in and it, it mounts into the wall. Yeah. And they'll come in pay to fill up their their gallon jugs so when they go home they take their water with them i mean this guy is again this is a successful enterprise he's built this to where it's at now yeah and i know there's work involved to make that it takes that it takes being able to get that first dump of a laundry mat and getting it back on 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 track to online where it needs to be because somewhere there somewhere there's one actually i could probably tell you about five that's been let go that people are still using but the building's been let go and blah 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 but not in this town there's not yeah. Okay. The ones that are in this town, and the only reason I say this is because I've looked, are all owned by the same folks. And I, again, did my research on what that business is worth. That business is worth about $9 million. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, say, huh, what now? Yeah. And they and, have a facility their, their in biggest, town. Their biggest employee is a coin counting machine that counts and rolls. Well, no, they're they um, for f- because you live here. I will tell you. Remind me after, and I will tell you. They have a facility in town that houses replacement washers, a repair facility. They offer a wash and fold service at a larger scale. So it's actually a shell building factory that employs multiple people. They run their vending out of that. I mean, they all of those like they got guys that are running routes, filling machines, doing wash and fold. Like they're picking up. For regular customers, dropping back off so they're not physically using the space that they currently occupy. Because a lot of these, they'll they'll hire folks to work at night, and the washing fold's done at night when they're not as busy. These folks don't have to do that. They they have an attendant for the nights if they need them. But here local, it looks to me like the washing fold is done at this facility. So when they're finished repairing a washer it gets test runs out on the floor to make sure it's behaving. Then if one goes bad, pull it, go, that one goes to repair. It's a damn enterprise. Now, I'm not looking for that. Well, I mean, it'd be great to do that. But I'm just looking at a little, if I could get a third salary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like a third household income. Yeah, we'll talk again off, yeah. off mic. And this, this, ladies and gentlemen, is almost part of what you get to hear when we're not recording. Well, I figured we, I'd share. Because we, we spend two or three weeks without actually talking to each other more so than a text message. So when we get together, it's an, it's an all-day event. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we record these in bulk yeah, because we, we have lives yeah, and we, families. We and, have to. There's but that. it's convenient. It's convenient, and it's yeah. better for that. But It works. It's um, fun. You know, you even did a little research I mean, you're a decent person. Me. Yes, I try. You did a little research for me because yeah, I've I did. It, it's one, not just one coin operated business that you're looking right. at, um, and, but it's not just laundromats. I'm finding a lot of these passive incomes, and I don't mean sitting here at home waiting for 
waiting to be in a call queue or the equivalent of a call center. Because, yes, people can do call center stuff from home part-time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I want something that... I have a problem with the accent. Well... I've been working on it. Voice acting is helping, but it's not its not that great. Yeah, um, I got this southern accent that just doesn't always go over all that great. No, no. And if you try to twist it over into a foreign accent, it just sounds Ooh, like you yeah, can't. Yeah, I know, right? You've you, never learned to speak. I could actually, if I, if I had not taken Spanish in high school, I could probably tear up ordering Mexican food like crazy if I really tried. Yes. You know. It would be bad. Burritos. Uh, burritos. Burritos. I, I, I know Can somebody, I get some I, know somebody that ends it, I know somebody that ends that with an A. Let me get a burrito. You want somebody to serve you some coffee? What? And Technically in the Spanish language, O is the male, A is the love, female. Yes, and he I love listening burrito. I love listening to people order chicken in a Mexican restaurant. Can I get that polo sal- salad? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if any of those people are listening, my phone's going to go off after this one, but whatever. I don't care. That's your phone. Oh, it's hilarious. It And, you know, a lot of these people realize they're not really pronouncing it right. They give and you a pass because they not want Not everybody money. took Spanish in high school, and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day as long as the people who are taking the order bring you the right thing. Hey, Hey, kids who took Latin in school, how's that working for you? But, you know, this, <laughs> well, they understand what the doctor's telling them. <laughs> they got a leg up there, buddy. <laughs> They're all, half those doctors are making shit up anyway. But no, that's something that I've been, I've been thinking about pretty seriously. And I just, it takes a lot more than, there are always more pieces and parts to the mix that I've never I, I and, would never and I'll consider. say it I'll say it on on this podcast there's something that is making a comeback oh, and yeah. it's, it's the arcade yep they're I making comebacks and uh, we have we have our very first barcade we here in here in town they're serving food they're serving alcohol uh, and they they're, they're having run by bands. My wing place. They're yeah, <laughs> and they're having bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge success. I've not gone in yet, but it's been a huge success. But I, I'm understanding that that gaming centers are becoming a thing. Uh, and I'm going to use the term gaming center because we also have another facility here in town that is designed specifically for those people that like to get together and play board games, uh, like D and D and Catan and stuff like that. Oh, oh! Um, so we're on East Underdrive. Yes, they, he's going to get annoyed at me doing no, this for everything now. No, I knew where you were. That <laughs> yeah. time I wanted to. They see just how recently you do it. sold. They out, just but sold out. To I know a lot of people that are big D and D players, and uh, I play other than you and oh. uh, Catan and stuff like that. And we're Catan These people too. used to get together at Starbucks. Yep. Oh wow! I did it, didn't I? Anyway, they used to get together at the coffee place. <laughs> Seattle's second choice. <laughs> Not saying anything bad. But a lot of times to, to try to get in a large enough group, now you're eating up this huge space in this coffee space. shop. And, you know, other people are, are not, they're not just, there's not like they're being run out. Nobody's being rudely told to go away or anything. But you start taking over table space and, and creating a hangout. So these people created a hangout for this. Started serving a few right. little things of food and everything. And it got to be very, very big. And people loved it. because And they you could reserve a table for uh-huh. the night for several hours, whatever, so that you could meet up if you didn't have a space at home. Yep. It, you could meet up and you could play. Now, you know, and then you got people like me. Just don't want you three people at my house, but I like playing the game with you. So we'll meet over there. Uh-huh. I never. I have yet to frequent that facility, and that's no disrespect to the facility or the owners or anything like that. One, it's not on my way anywhere, and two, I've got a buddy who is retired, former military. He's twice retired. Um, he hosts. He paints. He paints the little figures. I mean, we're he's. He'll do graph paper, and he'll draw out the maps and everything to be as close to what you could expect and build the environment and it's all well, the see, you, your imagination you, you needs. You wouldn't need that facility. Right. And so I've had you, the good fortune to not have let's, to need Let's it. go to the under 20 crowd that might still be yeah. living at home totally. that, that can't necessarily use mom and dad's den yep. to have six of their, of their friends over to play a game. And my understanding is some of these games can be more than like eight people. Uh, so, I, I've not played either of the ones that we've mentioned. So, depending on the hybrid that you do, and, and 
I'm not going to try to rename Catan because it's a stationary board game. It's not really something I'm worried about, um, a branding thing as opposed to a, a restaurant or something. Um, Catan, I have played no more. I've played no less than three, no more than six. But I have watched people do homebrew editions where they'll put three and four and five games together and then they'll sit like eight or nine. Nothing, if you were looking at a league standard, that does not exist. That does not play anywhere. You're normally looking for a table of four to six. D&D, on the other hand, as many or as few as whoever is running the game is willing to entertain. I'll tell you this, the more people you have, the longer it will take to get anything done. Because everybody has their own plan, their own focus, and... You don't just roll the dice once. You roll the dice to make a successful action. If you are attacking something, you then roll damage, and so on and so forth. I prefer a smaller group. I have played in a bigger group. I spend half the time on my phone waiting for it to be my turn. Um, and then when it is my turn, boom. And in a, in a vessel like that where... The goal is for you to be invested in the story. And so when your character has purpose, large group like that, you're just there to throw. You're just there to wait your turn and throw because there's too many, even the best runners can't keep that many stories going. If they can't do it with a TV budget, how the hell are you expected to do it in your basement? <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean that as a disrespect. It's just the damn truth. I, I don't have a full season to go, well, now the story's about you. Now the story's about you. It's it's not... Some people run it episodic like that. Can't. Most of the time we run Somewhere, s- somewhere, somewhere on this planet, there's 20 people that have been playing the same game since they were 15. You would be surprised how accurate no, that No, no, I'm is. not. I sat and watched a cornhole tournament on a national level while eating food a couple of weeks ago, and I was shocked because I thought that was a backyard game, but there is a pro circuit. Oh, there is. So and uh, I sat right. and watched that. Okay. And at that at that moment, I realized that anything and everything could make it to that level. I have I have now noticed on social media that the middle one is trying to cut his teeth in that vein. The middle one is not very purpose, very good at it. He is. From what I understand, he is. And if he starts making traction, I want tickets. He rarely... Hear me now, sir. He rarely misses. I want tickets to the gallery. He rarely misses. So, now that we are seeing these things gain popular traction in the everyman sense of the word, you don't have to be an elite athlete or in the peak physical form. You just have to have talent, right? Which I love, because that just means these major sports networks are picking up off-season things to showcase anybody, everybody. Call it inclusion if you want. I don't give a shit. Call it what you want. I love the idea. And I think a lot of this started with the World Series of Poker all those years ago, the first time the worldwide leader carried it. And people went, what now? And then we had this huge poker room. There were poker rooms all over the place. Everybody played. Oh, uh, see, that's the other thing. And we're from the South, so some people may or may not get this, but bingo is a bigger thing than a lot of people think, too. I Have you ever? Way bigger. I have, I, I have the perfect method to make the sweetest little old lady cuss. And that's when the sweet little old lady next to her sells, yells out bingo. Hey, that's how grandmothers cuss. And and so I get it and there are there are pots that are large enough to buy houses, dude. Yep. In the right uh, circles. And some of these gaming centers, well I, I shouldn't call that a gaming center, but some of these bingo halls, we'll call it that, uh the way they play is they have a jackpot game. Yep. And it just keeps getting bigger. It's like your powerball. Until somebody wins it, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger uh-huh. and bigger. And you are correct. There are 4 million retirees headed out. And mm-hmm. some of them have knocked down some pretty high-priced games. That's how they get that condo in Florida. <laughs> oh, you got that right. That motor coach pulling in next to me. 
So That's bingo uh, money right there. Well, then I first off I need to get in on this. Bingo now so was his name. Oh, uh, what? Are there any of those that you have that you are intrigued by? No, not one really. of the no, not at all. No. So I have one, and I I will credit the Winter Olympics from four years ago, not the most recent set from four years ago, um, when Team USA won curling and. I'm. I love to watch curling. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd give a rat's ass about curling. I am here for that so much so that there is a facility about an hour and a half southeast of us in that state capital. They have a curling center and they do beginners classes. Oh, okay. I want to do this so bad I can't stand. Have fun. It. I just because when you look. At the Team USA that won the gold medal, which now five years ago, it is there's one guy who's like perfect physically fit. Everybody else is dad bod. I could be an Olympian. This means I could be an Olympian. And I can't wait for cornhole to eventually become an Olympic sport because it's going to happen. I'm calling it right now. It's going to happen. In the next 10 well, years, you heard it we'll here, see folks. It. You will see it. Ten years in the next ten years, you will see that be a. I thing wouldn't be surprised because it's gone from some backwoods. Let's just toss this bean bag and see if we can get it in that hole. To there's regulation boards, regulation mm-hmm. distance, and I mean there's distance for different. You've got a child's distance, you've got an adolescent's mm-hmm. distance, you've got a teenager's distance. I mean it really. Boy, did I put the southern draw on that one. But I mean they you owned it. It's yes. I, why not? I mean, whatever. But they do the national thing. I, there's also uh, when I was sitting there, I was too. sitting there watching that, and honestly, very shocked that I did not see the middle. He uh, hadn't cut his he hadn't cut his teeth the right I'm, way. I'm sitting there and I'm in, I'm enjoying my burrito, and I'm watching this on <laughs> TV, and I'm thinking, that's cornhole, and I actually thought it in a little bit more of a southern draw than that. I know. Um, I'm. It's like it's it's cornhole for Pete's sakes. When did? Well, I reckon we got ping pong nationals, so why not? And I was so intrigued with that that the people that were with me were like, what are you watching? Oh, cornhole. And they just kept, you could feel them just staring like you're full of shit. And somebody looked up and went, well, I'd be damned. And I'm like, yeah. You, you know, we play this out in front of the camper, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, it. this is a... I mean, this ain't touch football you're playing after Thanksgiving meal to see who's going to throw nope. up. This is this is some this has become a bit very big deal. I mean my well my cornhole boards are actually by a different name, but I bought lifetime boards because we can take them camping. They don't rot. They don't get torn. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But you know there's rules. It's <laughs> a rule sheet. There's scoring. There is all sorts of stuff that I just never figured. Honestly, I, horseshoes. At a, well, cornhole is probably a derivative of horseshoes, but horseshoes. I would wager it's a more mobile version. There, there is a uh, there is a huge. Set of nationals and everything for that too. Really, I yes. guess it's not televised the same way because no, again, probably it might depend mobile. on where you are. Also, some of my favorite foods sponsor the cornhole tournament. Of course, thanks to thanks to the the national one and having eighteen different channels now with five different satellites, yep. four different time zones, yep. at least seven different countries. Yep, you know we can pick up. The weird pretty stuff. much anything because they they've probably got a camera crew everywhere. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, they, they, I can't think of a better way to train the people that you want on that station's yeah, flagship well, you've football got, program. You've got a point. I, in all honesty, if you if you're hiring a brand new camera guy straight out of college, yep, send him to the horseshoe national tournament or the well, cornhole tournament. And I'm not playing those sports down, but those are the easier ones to pick, keep up with. I mean, if you keep up with that beanbag or that horseshoe, you can keep up with a baseball in about 10 years. You can do it with a smaller production crew as well. Because you can't really just throw these people to the wolves at that level because you have ratings to worry about. Well, and speaking of training and everything, uh, when these drones first come out and were toys, look at the number of people that don't have the education in videography that have just learned how to navigate these drones, gotten their licensure for the larger ones that go higher, that are making a fortune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a I have a coworker who's doing he's he's done that. He's taken part in I'll call it a form of the reserves, but it's not. It's 
it's the good old boys version of that. Yeah. Where you're not actually doing any of the fighting. It's meant more as they help with search and rescue yes. and, and that kind of thing. Drones are becoming a big thing for that. Instead of pulling out well, the big helicopters, you can get about 30 of those drones and cover a larger area. So they're getting... He's taking classes through the community college for that. So he helps, again, with those search and rescue ops. If they need the extra. Right now, our crews have locally, and we're very fortunate, they have already adapted that. Mm-hmm. They're teaching that. They are training their people with that. But these guys can do it as well. We, we actually have an award-winning life-saving crew on a, yes. on a national level. Uh, I didn't know it was that great. And they're, yeah. they're great. I didn't know they ranked that high. Yeah, they rank pretty flipping high. We... And, and says, I'm going to give them props because they only have a few paid positions. Most of this is volunteer. Yep. So when they do go to these competitions and things, they're taking and yes, there's competitions money. for life-saving crews, people. When they go to these competitions and things, they're, they're doing it on their own time. Now, fun fact, we also have a highly ranked fire department. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we might be a small city, but our fire department takes their, their training and their abilities very seriously and they have a pretty decent training facility where they actually help and host volunteer fire departments mm-hmm. and help get them it's trained to center. property do a thing it's it, it's pretty some of the things we have here if, if you come from a city larger like maryland or uh, dc or maybe new york you come from an area like that and you drive through and you see our population you think well this is a backwoods little place some areas, yes, we are. In others, no. We have some top-notch stuff, uh, which it, it takes people with a passion. When you have any mm-hmm. anytime you have as many volunteer organizations that that fight fires and and save people's lives as we do in our rural areas, you're going to get some pretty intense training, and you're going to get because you've got now you've got people that's like, no, I, I want to be a farmer for a living. But boy, do I like fighting fires too. But I don't. I don't. I just don't want to do that and get paid. I just want to do that for fun. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what they're doing, folks. This and we start some of these kids out at sixteen. Oh no, they're running juniors. Are they running that. juniors yeah. now? Wow. So I mean, now, they're not. They're not driving. They're not physically assisting. But they are on site. They are riding along. They are doing learning. training. Yeah, they're so being, a lot of times by the time being these groomed kids, for it, by the time they get to where they can hold the licensure, they're ready to rock. They they have done everything they need to do except take the boards or whatever the final certification is. So you go and get your CDL for these larger vehicles or whatever the requirement is. Volunteer fire volunteer fire departments in this state are not required to hold that commercial license. Are you kidding me? No, I am not. They have to take a uh, emergency vehicle operation course. Which is okay. very similar. They have to take a test. They have to prove that they can drive the vehicle. The vehicle of choosing. When I did it, because the the crew I was on was both life-saving and fire, I actually had to do one for an ambulance, one for a fire truck. Right. But they be and it's the way the laws in this state are actually written. Volunteers do not have to have that for fire departments, life-saving crews, things of that nature. I well, did not It's know a pretty that. expensive license to have. Yeah, but so, at the size of some of this stuff. Yes. How? That's why you do the EVOC training as yeah, short yeah. for emergency vehicle operation. And then each department has a whole, you've got to pass certain. The department I was on took me out on every truck and right. made sure that I could back it up, could drive it straight. And believe it or not, folks, you see these people busting butt going down the road. The ones driving these big, huge things have been doing it for years. The engineers or the driver, however you want to put it, they're they're the ones that have been on it for a while. I was not allowed to drive a fire truck to a scene for months. Yeah, I mean, I had to I had to drive it for other reasons. I go take it. I mean, every once in a while, it would just be a case of we're down there, we're washing them. Hey, Kenny, you need some drive time? Let's go. Um, I mean, they they take it seriously, and I I don't disagree with that because if you're taking the the EVOC course. You're learning the things you need specific for that vehicle. Fair Whereas enough. Whereas with my CDL, I was actually learning stuff that would have never been used. Okay. I didn't for know there was that much of a difference. I thought it was strictly by size of vehicle. Commercially, yes. I mean, I, I, I have a certain, I have what's considered a Class A, but it's not, I, I don't have the, 
the license where I can drive anything and everything. But, but you couldn't drive a semi, right? No, no, I actually am restricted from that. I cannot drive anything that's got a fifth wheel hitch commercially. Okay. Uh, I can pull my RV all day long, but I can't drive anything that's got a, a fifth wheel hitch. Right. And the reason for that is, is I was not tested out by the state on that particular hitch setup. And that's the only reason? That is the only reason. There is a. I would actually have to go prove that I know each part of that hitch, know how to hitch it, know how to unhitch it, know how to put all the... Uh, and there's actually airlines for that, not yeah. hydraulic lines, but I right. would have to know how to hook all of that up, plus whatever electronics, because you do have brake lights and stuff at the tail end. You In this state, you have to prove you know that. In this state, to drive a commercial license that has a manual transmission, you have to actually go and drive it and prove that you can shift those gears instead of just like your regular driver's license. We're like, oh, really? You can drive that? Okay, bye. Um, and there's there are all sorts of endorsements. Um, right. I have a hazmat endorsement. I can actually legally carry hazardous materials such as oil, propane, uh, things of that nature. Oxygen's considered hazmat, uh, a hazardous material because it's volatile. Mm-hmm. So I've I've got that. That was a written test, uh, and I have to take that written test every so often. And I have to pass a National Transportation Safety Board background check. So and there's a lot of money involved in this. That background check ain't cheap. So asking a volunteer to have to do this, or asking the volunteer fire department to pay for their people sure. to do this. Now, and again, I 100% am on board with the fact that they have to take the emergency vehicle operation course. And being an RV owner, I wish there was like an RV course. At least a written something. Because when I, when I bought my first camper, I had been, driven, I had been driving fire trucks, ambulances. I, the, the largest thing I had ever pulled behind me was a 5 by 8 trailer. I bought my first camper. It's ten and a half feet tall and twenty eight feet long and about seven thousand pounds. Way different from a five oh, by eight yeah, trailer. Sure. Uh, and I had to go on what people had told me, and I'm bringing this thing home on the road in traffic for the first time. Now, do I think there needs to be a road course out there? No. But having got my CDL, reading the combination vehicle portion of the CDL should at, at least be a requirement. For recreational vehicles, there's a lot of information in there that people had told me, but had I been required to read that before I could pull that RV off that lot, I would have already had it. And I'm talking easy stuff like make your turns a little wider, make sure you have right. extra room for braking. Because there's a lot of people that get behind the wheel of a, of a 10,000 pound truck, throw a 15,000 pound RV on the back of it. They take off down the road, heavy on the hammer, light on the brakes, like they're just driving mom's sedan down the interstate they because weave in and, weighing you down yeah, you they weigh the they weave in and out of traffic and everything oh yeah i can handle this just fine and they're doing so many things wrong and unsafe it is pathetic just reading that combination vehicle section of our state's driver's manual gives you a whole lot of information you ain't thought about Hmm. Um, I mean, there's there's people that's like, oh, I can stop this thing. My brakes are great. Your brakes are great. Are the RV's brakes great? Have you got your RV properly tethered to your truck so the RV's brakes engage when your brakes engage? Do you have your brake controller set at the right spot? I mean, there there's just a few things right there. Not to mention, now you have all this extra weight. And by the way, you want some funny fail videos? Head on over to the YouTube. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And uh, research RV fails. That'll be denied. The number of people that do not know the height of their RV is hilarious. Cost them a lot of money, too. And a lot of those you might even recognize uh, down south of us where there's a very huge college and medical center. There is one tunnel that is barely 10 feet tall, and there are so many truck fails and trailer fails. Oh, and that's supposed to be like the smartest school in the country. Yeah. Good. Dumbass. Um, there's the, and I've been through that tunnel. And yes, I'm a fan of the other end of that. I've been highway. through that tunnel a hundred times. And yes, I can tell you my exact height on my on my RV. But I'm the I'm the weirdo that goes ahead and rounds up. Well, we, that's I don't. That's want, also because we have a t- we have yeah, a, a, I don't an want, under rail tunnel in right, town. I don't want to be two inches. I don't want to be the one that's like, oh, I got two inches. I'm fine. I'd rather be going, huh? Yeah, no. Right. I, I'm going to go around. Uh, and I've got, I have to be careful. I, I, and when I'm going into a, a new area, I actually pay attention to whether or not the GPS says it's a truck route or not. Uh, yeah. Most of your semis are about 13, 13 and a half feet. So in height. 
So, you know, if, if they can go there, I can go there. And I've been in situations where I'm getting rerouted and I'm having a hard time getting the GPS to tell me whether or not it's a truck. So I start paying attention. Have I seen a semi coming toward me? Okay, if I've seen a semi coming toward me, he's moving pretty good. So at least for the next two or three miles, I'm good. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, because the last thing I want to do is leave my air conditioner in some city at, at, a, at a railroad passing or something like that. And it's... I we and again I I know the situation you're talking about because we have one of those low hangers here yeah. and it's always funny because in what I do we get traffic updates and you can almost set your watch by yeah. somebody is not paying attention and it's to the big truck. orange signs by the way those big triangle signs that are orange they have stuff on them that's information you need to know put your phone down read the sign well, but I'm mean, just saying that there's always that one guy. It's not your semi guys. Your semi guys can look at it and go, yeah, no, we'll go somewhere else. It's the box truck guys. Yeah. It's the box truck delivery guys that are like, yeah. oh, we should be good. Thud. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times. I'm amazed that bridge is even still up. A lot of times, like on, on the, the box trucks you can rent. Uh-huh. The height is in the driver's side view mirror. Yep. All you got to do is look over and it'll tell you how tall it is. Mm-hmm. Um, or they, there's a sticker on the dash, uh-huh. something like that. And it, with our first camper, I asked the guy before I left a lot four times, "How tall is this thing? How tall is this thing? How tall is this thing?" I had it memorized. I made sure I had it memorized. I even thought about putting the sticker on the dash. Early on, uh, I don't blame you one bit because if you bought a new one yeah. and went with a bigger option, I'd have a hard time not doing it then. Well, the one we have now, we bought out of town. About three hours out of town, right? Uh, which you know we had to take the old one there and bring the new one back. So I already knew what kind of overpasses and things right. I had on the way there and on the on the way back. But you know we get in it and we take off, and my wife just turns and looks at me. She says, "How tall is?" It? I mean, that's she quizzing me. One, she wanted to know, but she wanted to know if I already knew, right? I looked at her, told her, I said, according to the spec sheet on the internet that you showed me when you liked this floor plan, it is 12 foot 5. She looked at me, she goes, wow, you remember that? I can't tell you a damn thing else about this RV, but I can tell you how tall it is because I got to get it from here to there. Right, and your priority changes. Yes. Whereas, in this in the exact same vein, it would be, because if, if we go this route, it won't be an yeah. RV. Now, my it, wife and I have debated motorhomes and see, you would have a whole new set of things to learn. But see, you have a benefit. You can call me, hey, Kenny. Yeah. Uh, because I already drive stuff like that, so I, I can teach you. But should there be a... a re- there's a pinch point that you there, get that I don't know. Yeah, there's a, there's a requirement needed there for some type of education. There's there need to be an RV driving range out there. Lord, you'd have to put one in every city. or No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. We have regional things. We have regional training centers now. Why not use, hey, the class is offered here. Pay for it. That's fine. But there are areas right now. Well, I tell you what. I tell you what. You know what pretty much every region down south has? Racetrack. Racetrack. Yeah. You don't need And actually to- a lot of them have campgrounds adjoined to them somewhere. That would actually be great. That's what you I'm saying. You need to know how to pull it forward. You need to know how to back it up. You need to know how to back it around a corner to either direction. And believe it or not, folks, you need to know how to take a corner. And, and the tag along versus short. the fifth wheel versus the motor co- coach, all of it drives differently. And you've got you've got three different types of motor coach, which will drive differently for me. Each one will yes, drive sir. differently. So, one, but a I mean, bus, it would have been one's great. a truck and the other's a van. Uh, <laughs> when I got I got a motorcycle a while back and I found out there was a motorcycle riders course. Yeah, my whole reason for signing up for that was because I didn't want to have to go perform for a DMV tester. Because I found out if I took the course, let hear me through. I found out You're that fine. I, if I took the course, all I had to do was take the paperwork yep. to the DMV and get my license. And yep. I'm like, well, that's the easy way. When I got done with that weekend-long course, I was so happy I spent that money and signed up for it, I did not know what to do. And believe it or not, it's at my local community college, so I even got college credits for it. So I did the same. I have a motorcycle classification on my license. And I was told, don't don't hesitate. Don't think you can learn yourself. If you've never done it before, You know your bike is heavier than what they're going to train you on, so you're going to get the the bare bones equivalent. I can put you on this one. I don't want you to lay my bike over. 
So we're not going to be going full speed. We're not going out on the roadways. I mean, they were very particular. And yeah. I appreciate what they're doing. They, I don't know how it was when you did it. They did one night that was all book work. First night, uh, no. They did Friday night book work. Saturday, Saturday all day was uh, course. And then uh, it was course in the morning. When we stopped for lunch, the first hour after lunch was the second half of the book test. And then into Sunday by lunch, um, they... Uh, you drove until about lunchtime yeah. on Sunday, and then you were done. It yeah, was, it, was the same it was Friday night, Saturday, and that, half that's day That's about Sunday. the same thing. And uh, the weekend I did it, the guys actually tested us along. You know, after we did so much practicing and everything, next thing you know, you're you're, you're taking a test, and you weren't even told you were taking the test. Yes. It was one of those cases of okay, you you've passed everything, you can you can move forward. We'll sign off on your paperwork. And I had a great time. And they took, I did too. They took time individually when we were on the bikes. They took time with us as a group when we were on the bikes. We we had a lady, she she wanted to ride with her husband, but she had gotten tired of riding behind him. She wanted to ride. They had bought her a bike, uh, and she was not, she had the learner's permit, but they were not letting her on the road road. They were taking her to like parking lots and stuff yep. and trailering it there, letting her ride it a little bit. She struggled with a few things, mm-hmm. and those guys worked with her and worked with her and worked with her and worked with her until she, so she could pass. And and it wasn't a case of okay, you finally got that skill. We're signing off on you. They told her point blank, "We're going to work with you. If we don't think you're competent when you leave here, we're going to suggest that you sign up to come back." She left competent, able to do it, but yep. you know, and they took time with her. So you know, I well, and, and, and the reason I, I I hesitate with the whole there should be a requirement for for that particular license is we're getting licensed to death as it is, but there's there's some things you could learn. It it would have been great. Is this your first RV, Kenny? Yeah, this is my first RV. All right, we've got this course on driving it that we would really like you to take 30 minutes to watch. If it's just a video, because again, a lot of it is just, a lot of it is common sense that needs to be put in front of your face. This thing's heavy. It's pushing against you going down a hill. It's pushing against you when you're braking. It's pulling against you when you're going up a hill. You can overwork your truck brakes. You can overwork the RV brakes. You know, you need to take corners a little bit more like this. This is how you back it up. I mean, we're having to train guys that are 19, 20 years old to back trailers up. They've never pulled anything like that before. And we we train them at work to do this. And they get really, really timid because it's not the easiest thing on the planet to do until you've done it 100 times. Right. And some of these guys are like, I'm never going to be able to learn this. You'll be able to learn this. Well, I'm not getting it. Well, you're not going to get it overnight. Right. It takes a little bit to get it in your head that you're, one, looking out the mirror, so now you've got to train your brain to kind of reverse everything, and then you've got to train your brain to reverse everything, mm-hmm. you, because you've got to drive for the trailer, not for the truck. The things that you're looking at, oh. if you were to just bring it home, you're going to turn too quick and wipe out a couple of street signs. I already know it, because <laughs> I know what you're looking at, but anyway, that... No, I, I don't know if that was really a rant or anything, but no, 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 <laughs> it's just no, one of those. It, it's something you'd like it, to see. There's and if you're if you're thinking about this, folks, the our for this state anyway, Virginia, our driver's manual's online in a PDF form. Yeah, download it and read the combination. Go to the CDL portion, read the combination vehicle before you go buy some large trailer. It's some very good information in there. Well, see, that's the other thing, and and our DMV does not have one. Just kind of doubling back to the motorcycle thing, um, I used to work an hour north, and so I would have had to have taken the test there. Yeah. Because our guys won't test you local. You got to go somewhere that's got one. Well, by this point, I'd already committed to take the class. It's not super expensive, as you mentioned. It's college credit. Fun fact: taxes. Yes. I wrote it off. I got all. I got the entire course fee back. I, you know, which wasn't a big chunk it wasn't a big chunk no and the guys that are teaching it are not just a bunch of old guys that have been riding bikes for forever they've had to be certified educators yes even though these guys were old guys they've been riding forever forever. but i mean they they fall under both categories but they had to go get certified by the state of virginia in order to teach the course so this was the interesting thing for me and i'm really glad i i waited and took the class here versus where i worked an hour north because using the community college here, they did class Friday night, range Saturday, range Sunday. This other place did bookwork Friday. They doubled the class size. Bookwork Friday, half the book class had a red dot, half had a green dot. 
depending on where you sat, depending on which group you were in, the half with the red dot, you had to do all of it and test on Saturday. Oh, and that's then a lot. The Sunday group comes in, and so you learn take whatever you learned Friday night, and then you got to do it all on Sunday. Well, see, Whereas it, these guys did, I, I'm so it thankful. It's, it's highly possible that everybody's got one spot they might would struggle in. Right. And uh, you could, control breaking would be one of them. So these guys, the way they taught it was the class goes through it once, the class goes through it twice, just in terms of a driving obstacle. And, and, and then everybody comes to a rest. And then their, their idea was cut the bikes off, um, does anybody need to do it again? Is anybody not comfortable? And they told us this in the class. They said, here's our, here's our thing. You can't practice enough, period. You can't for a motorcycle. You just cannot. So we'll do it once. We'll do it twice. If we'll come back to the starting point, anybody raises their hand and wants to do it a third time, there will be no questions asked. We want one helmet. If one helmet raises its hand and says, do it, everybody's doing it again. And yes, it will slow things down, but we are not going to, A, isolate a person to do it by themselves and in front of you guys. That's not fair. That's extra pressure. Two, you could use the extra practice along the way. Will you need us standing there, pointing and move, pointing and directing you every time? No. That time, we're going to focus our attention on the person that needs it and they may just go through last, but you guys are all going to do it. And then once that person is comfortable and no longer need to raise their hand to do the exercise, then we're going to run it one more time. That's your test for that exercise. They tested us exercise yeah. by exercise along the way. But the other reason about that, there was a huge parking lot that is laid out in a range with all these extra markings. I mean, it's a huge parking lot of this community college that they block off. Now, they they you have to retrain yourself to look for their lines versus the parking lines. They put cones out and that kind of stuff. Have you ever seen the testing site at the DMV north of us? No. I saw the one that they used to have here. It's minuscule. Yes. Compared it's to what you're taught horrible. on. Yeah. It's it's horrible. I would never I would never have passed doing that. Because the instructors at the DMV only take out two cones, and you have to meet those expectations for all of those different things yeah. in about 15 feet. I got an entire parking lot to learn and break and practice and turn and dip with a bike that's light. Because I mean, see, we do that. We do that when we're training for the CDL. Because where I work, we'll, we'll train you to get your CDL. But what our training crew come up with was shorten everything, make it tighter. So then when you get to the testing site, you're good. And they've got it set up the way it's supposed to be. You've got way more room. And I'm probably the only person that that messed them up. I, that once you gave me that extra space, I was like, "Holy cow. Oh god." But you know, you end up doing it if if you practice enough, you end up you end up getting it, through it. And it makes good sense to have done it that way. It's very smart for the training in your capacity yeah. to be that way. Because if I hadn't had the training that I went through with that course and then had to go and just be like, hey, I'm here to do this. I wouldn't have made the first exercise. Well, see, the test the test I pulled for my CDL was the full test. We managed to get a day in which the testing agent only had us. There were two of us that she was going to test all day long. So there was no abbreviated version for time. I had to go through the whole thing. Oh, I had to do every maneuver. God. There is, uh, we don't even want to dis discuss how many points there is on a pre-trip inspection on a commercial vehicle, uh, especially one with a trailer, because there's certain things you have to know what they are, where they are, how to look yeah. for them, what you're looking for, blah, blah, blah. And there, it feels like a million of them. And, you know, when we went through it, there's certain ones that I had to hit. But because she had all day long, she didn't tell me what section of the truck I had to hit. You had to do the whole I thing. had to do the whole truck and the trailer. We had to do every skill. Uh, it, she was really great, by the way, really personal. Uh, and she she did her best to help, 
as much as she could legally. You get a chance for pull-ups, uh, which is basically regroup and start over again. Uh, each exercise has a certain number of those. And I was really, because I had to, yes, parallel park a dump truck that had a trailer attached to it. So not only did I have to, to parallel park, which is already hard enough in something that size, but I had to parallel park a truck and trailer that's connected together. But um, you got to dump the trailer first and then have left yourself in a position to put no, the truck in, right? you have to do it while it's hitched. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, when you're driving, you need to put the trailer where it needs to be, but in doing so, have left yourself in a position yes. to finish the job with you the truck. You literally have to know how to drive for that trailer and have the truck follow it for a change instead of the trailer follow the truck. So that basically, you are correct. Because parallel parking, yes. And yes, you're, the way you're thinking is right. you got to turn the wheel in the opposite direction to make the, the trailer go where you want it to go. There's a trick to that. But anyway, um, I, I was pulling up. Parallel parking was not my strong suit with this. And I was about to I was about to mess up. And she actually stopped me. And she was like, now would be a good time to use your pull-up option. And I could only get out of the truck once. So I hung my head as far out as I could and looked, and I managed to see what she was talking about, and she was just grinning at me. And I looked at her, I said, I think I'll do that. She goes, you get two. Okay. But having being able to see without getting out of the truck where I had made my mistake, I was able to get it in there the second time, no problem. And this is where she got tickled at me. I actually got out and walked around the truck and got back in the truck and then indicated to her that I was done. And she told me, she goes, that, she goes that's actually well played. She says, well played. She says, you get one of those. She goes, and you didn't waste it on your mess up. She says, you, you used it to double check and make sure you were where you were supposed to be when you were satisfied. She goes, and you knew you had it in there. She goes, that was well played. Very well played. And the only other thing I almost absolutely forgot was when we got started going, I was so nervous, I almost forgot to put my seatbelt on. <laughs> and see, but, I mean, other than that, it's, it's, it, it's difficult. It's difficult, but not. But, you know, again, it's one of those cases of I'm, I'm glad I went through it. I really wish I'd have gone through that before I bought my first camper. After I got that driver's license, the very next camping trip, I'm wheeling that thing wherever. My wife's like, what changed? And somebody actually taught me how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 that's oh, so much fun. And th those are the things that I, if we were to go down that road, and I'd say if because we have delusions of grandeur committing to anything as a challenge, uh, like where are you going to go for dinner? Um, it, I would love to have the freedom to have a course like that to learn on and practice and, and do. So I'm like, like I'd love to have the option to do all three. Like drive. Yeah. Well, well class, class A, with, I think, is the only one that I would need to be driving. Like what to practice you're driving. looking at, you still need to be taught how to tow a vehicle. No, 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 no. I, I get it. Because you're going to want to. But here's here's a fun fact. That. You're yeah. going to be you're going to be towing your you're going to be towing your 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 smaller car. You're gonna. It's going to be rare for you to have to back all of that up. No, just with a motor coach. Go. Because most of the people I see with motor coaches, when they're getting ready to back into their sights, they're unhitching that car before they even start on that crap. Because you want the car to be stuck behind the camper. Anyway. Right. It doesn't do you any good. <laughs> um, and a lot of times, like at truck stops, where where people uh, are stopping to get food or whatever. Motor coaches aren't stopping there. You have access to your refrigerator. I mean, me, to get to my refrigerator, I have to pull over, plus slide room out, open the door, you know, and do all of that because my, but in a, in a class A motor coach, if you want a sandwich, all you got to do is be really, really sweet to the missus and ask. Right. She can roll back right there and open up the refrigerator and make you blend a sandwich right now. And if she needs to tinkle... She can she tinkle do while you're going too. down the road. If you need to tinkle, all you got to do is find a big enough place to pull off. So you don't see a lot of motor coaches at the truck stops and the rest stops and things of, of that nature yep. because they have that so accessible to them. Mm -hmm. Can I use my bathroom on the side of the highway that's in my camper? Yes. I can get to that without putting any of my slide rooms yeah, out. You it's just gravity do, you fed. Stop. I've just got to stop, get my steps out and everything. So I have that accessibility, but I don't have the ability to get to my kitchen. Not easily anyway. Right. Uh, I can I can run that room in and out off of the the battery on the camper, but it, it's not an easy thing. So we're still in the hole, which we 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 do it the way a '70s mom would have done it. We we pack a lunchbox, uh, we make our own little uh, 
snacks and things to eat going down the road. Yeah. A lot of times we'll fry up chicken tenders. We're, we're the kind of people that cool chicken tenders are great. Yeah. So we'll fry up some chicken tenders or whatever. That way we can we can make it without stopping unless somebody needs to tinkle. Yep. And if we really want to book it, say we're going someplace that's four, four and a half hours away and we're wanting to leave after work, if we want to book it straight through, we will go as far as we can without tinkling. Mm-hmm. And then it's a case of we're pulling over right here, we're tinkling in our camper so we can be back on the road in 15 minutes or less. Uh, but we it's rare that we do all that because I don't... I'm one of the I'm the rare guy that can, does not have to beat last year's time, and I don't care if you need to stop. If you need to stop. You need to stop. I don't like holding it. I'm not very good at holding it. <laughs> so if I gotta stop, I gotta stop. <laughs> no, I I took my mother-in-law the first time I drove my mother-in-law on a long trip. She she looked at me. She goes, "If I say I have to stop, I have to stop." And my wife looked at her. And she says, "He got two Mountain Dews down here in the in, in the cup holder. She, he's gonna have to stop before you do." <laughs> Looked at He's her daughter. I said, I'm not, Mountain Dew. "I'm not that. No, I'm not that person. If you need, you better holler. I don't like for somebody to be miserable in my car. You no. got tinkle. We gonna pull over and tinkle somewhere. And I, I, I will tell you though, if I know the route very well, it's like, well, we got about three more miles until there's a decent bathroom. Can, can you handle that? <laughs> give, right. give me that kind of notice. <laughs> I want to yeah. know when you're starting to think you got to go. I don't want to know after you're back here wiggling and." And holding it and trying to plug it up and everything. I don't want to know then. <laughs> I tell you, when I made my commute to my last job, it was an hour to an hour and 15 minutes each way, sometimes an hour and a half, depending on traffic in the afternoon. Um, you plan your route by your intestinal fortitude. Yes. You yes. knew which bathrooms to stop in, which ones yeah. to not. And most of the time, employees at those gas stations knew why you were there we, at that time of the morning or afternoon. Yeah, we actually, believe it or not, we keep toilet paper in both of our cars. Totally. Because there have been times we've been stuck in traffic. And as, whereas a, a guy can very easily pee. I Ladies mean, I can cannot. I can open the two doors and, and pee right there in the middle of a jammed up traffic. Nobody's really going to, well, everybody's going to know what I'm going to, what I'm doing. Nobody's really going to see anything. But I'm going to tell you something. Ain't nothing more miserable <laughs> on the planet than having to poop and being stuck in traffic. So, been there, done that. Um, and I... It is a miserable, miserable life. That, But I also am a fan of enough of Murphy's Law to go, if I have a roll of toilet paper, I'll never need it. You, well, you've got that I point, won't. yeah. It's the day, <laughs> it's the I day don't, you don't. That it's like, oh, no. Because when my wife and I first started dating, first got married, uh, we were getting ready to go on a trip. I walked right out the door, and I went, wait, we can't leave yet. Walked right over to the shelf that we have in the garage, grabbed a roll of toilet paper, dropped it in the console, and she goes, what the hell are you doing? I said, we won't have to stop now. And she goes... What? It's it, it has happened at least twice in my lifetime that it's like I've got to poop and I'm going in those woods right there. You you grab a few napkins out of the out of the glove compartment because we all take too many napkins from the fast food joint. And they it's like, give you I'm, too many. And I'm going now. Uh and you inch right on along, I will find the car when I come back out of the woods. If it looks like traffic's opening up, you pull off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> if you see the accident, pull over, we'll merge back in. But, I mean, we did that going to the beach one night. We, we left after school. It was a surprise trip for the kid. We packed her bags and, you know, just took off. Yeah. And uh, she really didn't, she didn't realize where we were going until we, we were almost an hour and a half in. And I hadn't turned around and, and I hadn't stopped at no restaurant yet or anything. She finally went, where are we going? Uh, and we got down close. We were within an hour and a half of our destination and there had been a massive accident. And a tragic one on top of that, which always takes more time to clean up because they have to take a gazillion pictures so that they know how to investigate the accident. Because once they start letting traffic through, that's the ruination of a crime scene, basically. Evidence, markers, uh, markings. It's in one of the few two-lane road areas headed to that particular beach. And we were in traffic for what felt like forever, but it was like two and a half hours. Uh, Luckily... We had stopped prior and did a potty stop. Uh, you know, when you're traveling with, with a middle school-aged kid, you, you make potty stop plans. Yep. So luckily we had we had already stopped. When we saw the accident, we all literally just swore off drinking anything. Uh, and it I know it was two and a half hours. We finally got, and this was pre-camper, so we finally got to our hotel. It was almost midnight. And we got there, and the guy looked at me. He goes, we we almost given up on you. He goes, I'd reckon you were in on that big wreck. I'm like, wow. 
two hours away and y'all knew about it? He goes, oh yeah. And he filled us in on what the wreck was. There was a T-bone situation and multiple casualties. And it was just, I told him, I said, I am so glad you guys do check-ins all night long. Because had I got here and not been able to check into my hotel, I'd have been a very upset. For I would have probably actually cried. Because now you're midnight, you're and four hours, four and a half, go, five yeah. hours away from home and no place to sleep but the car. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you don't have the parking pass, so you're allowed to get run off. Uh, and that's I tell people all the time when you're camping, check and see what their after-hours camp check-in policy is. Because sometimes you, you run into traffic and you need to know. We've gone to one. They were fixing to close up shop and everything, and they called. We've been there several times. They know our habits to, to show up, and they called. And they answered the phone. They're like, we're just checking to make sure you're still going to use your reservation. Oh, darling, I'm on my way now. All right, let's verify a few things. Okay, I'm driving. I'm going to turn you over to my wife. And all it was was they were about 10 minutes from closing up shop, and we had not let them know we were going to be after that time. We weren't thinking about it. They closed a little earlier than some of the other gatehouses. We weren't thinking about it. And I tell everybody, you need to you need to check on your late check-in options because there are places that's like, if you can't be here by 11 o'clock, you don't get to check in. There's other places that are like, oh, we have this little slot right over here. It's going to be to the right of the front door. Your packet will have your last name on it. Or your, a lot of times they'll just put the camping site on it. Just grab that, go to your site, come up, pay in the morning. You know, there's places that they drop a gate at a certain time of day because it's open to day use. And they, they're done. They're closed. A certain time of day, that gate gets dropped. Uh, and I've actually been at a couple of those and told them, hey, I, I, there's a party that belongs with us. It's not going to get here till after 11 o'clock. Oh, well, here's the gate code. You get it for being a camper. Uh, right. But we have to close because we have a day use section. Oh, okay. Thank you. I can pass that along to the people that are coming. And, right. Uh, Anyway, it, it's it's few little things in travel that a lot of people don't think about. Even hotels have cutoff dates for their check-ins. So, uh, and it, there's a huge suggestion for you folks, whether you're camping in a tent, RV, motor coach, whatever, whether you're going in a hotel, check and see what your late check-in options are because you really never know. Mm. You really never know. And I get picked on, I get picked on a lot because I like to have a full tank of fuel. Even when I know it only takes a quarter of a tank to get there. Because you never know when you're going to be sitting in traffic for two hours. And because I've sat in traffic for two and a half hours, I want that full tank of fuel. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I rule of thumb, fill up before you leave. Yeah. Fill up before you come home. Uh-huh. Whatever, even though you're in a busier area and gas is going to be higher, I promise you fill up before you come home. And all you RV drivers out there, if you have to top off the tank before you get there, go to a truck stop, the canopies are always tall enough. If you want to know why I say that, Hit up the YouTube. Other than that, you know what? We'll talk at you later.